This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Welcome to the Vedic Wisdom. Thanks for being with us today. So today, I want to talk to you about responsibility. Real responsibility. We're being told we have to do this and that, and that's being responsible. Keep to the left. Pay your taxes. This is responsibility. We're being given concepts of take care of your family, be at work on time. These are all things that we are being made to think is be responsible. But really, being responsible has a much deeper and a much higher level and importance than these sort of things. I mean, let's step back one level just for the beginning of our program today. You shouldn't lie. You shouldn't cheat. You shouldn't steal. You shouldn't cause harm or pain or anxiety on others. This is a responsibility. Society in general would calm down, clean up, sort out if everybody had that concept. But we see that lying is the biggest human problem we've got. That everything, the parents lie to the kids, the kids lie to the parents, the friends lie to each other, the employees, the employer, the, the, the leaders, the politicians, the school, it's just rampant. There is nobody who's not a liar. So, if you are really a responsible person, that's one of the areas you must be working on all the time. Stop lying. There is no such thing as a little white lie, uh, a deception. Oh, I, just I omitted some facts. Partial truth is lying. Okay, it's lying. If you do not express the thought or the information completely as you got it in whole without deviation or alteration, it's lying. So you may have a lot of little cute little PC terms that gives you this fake permission that you can lie even though you don't like it when someone lies to you. So that's a platform that should be trained into every single one of you as a standard of life before you're five years old. And at least by the time you get through school, this is primary human responsibility is to communicate honestly to one another, a firm commitment to the truth. Now today, this is a higher subject yet. Because we learn from the Vedic literature that the real responsibility of a human is to figure out what is going on here and why am I here and how did I get here and where do I go? And why is my life contaminated with events I don't want? Where is the superior force that is causing things to happen to me that I don't want to happen to me. Take, for example, old age. Now, old age is a continuation of growing up. And everybody likes the concept of growing up. But the other end, the tail end of the story is growing old and dying. Nobody wants the getting old dying bit. Everybody wants the growing up bit. As soon as possible, as fast as possible, tomorrow, please. 
But nobody wants the getting old dying bit. But you don't have any choice. There is nobody you have ever known or read about or heard about or seen or will ever know that beat death. That beat old age. So there's a superior force in action here. Well, how does one come to the platform of beating the cycle of birth, death, and old age? How do you beat that cycle? This is the intelligent inquiry. This is a quest. This is something worth working on, that you actually come to the platform that you're not forced to take another birth. Death is inevitable. That can't be stopped, no matter what. But rebirth can be stopped. And this is what we're all struggling with. It's called the samsara cycle of birth and death. And it is caused by your activities, they're called fruitive activities, where you work to get some result. Then this fruitive activity means you do an action and you want the result, but the result is longer term coming than your duration of life, so you take another birth and you get the result. Now, the concept within everyone's mind is that that result will be good, and it's kind of worth hanging around for, but it always comes with a contaminated state because no one's perfect. So we always do some good and some bad in our life. Therefore, we can understand that the result coming back will be some good and some bad. Because nothing's pure. And we are imperfect in these bodily existence. So the Vedic literature says, the intelligent person He's not addicted to the path of fruitive results. And he's working on a higher platform. He's spiritually evolved, elevated, and trained with knowledge to understand how to stop the cycle of birth and death. And he has the ability to instruct others in that science. Now, I want to give to you a couple of, this is actually two direct verses that I'll read to you. This is the Srimad Bhagavatam. And this is the Lord's teachings in one of his incarnations to his sons. And this is a, a, uh, a perspective you may never have had. So we want to share that with you today. This is the verse, first one. There's two here. If someone is ignorant and addicted to the path of birth and death, how can one who's actually learned and advanced in spiritual knowledge and merciful engage that person again in fruitive activities and further entangle him into material existence again and again? If a blind man's walking on the wrong path, how can a gentleman allow him to continue on his path to danger? He would intervene and assist. So no wiser kind man would allow this. So this is what we're seeing in this verse now. We're seeing the description of human. We see the word kind, human, merciful. We see learned. This is human. 
Human is not a stupid, dull stone who takes everything for himself and who cares about the reaction or the results he gets or what trouble he causes to others. That is not human. So this verse is laying out for you this platform we opened with as a human. He is truthful. He is merciful. He is intelligent. He is kind. He is wise. That's a human. We have a lot of beings that are animals in human form and have, do not have these qualities. So we're now talking about the people that have developed these qualities, that care about these qualities, that live by these qualities. Now the next verse. One who cannot deliver his dependents from the path of repeated birth and death should never become a father, a husband, a mother, a worshipful demigod, or a spiritual master. So this means real responsibility is to help deliver your dependents from the cycle of birth and death. This is what a mother or a father can do for their child. This is what a husband can do for the wife. This is what the spiritual master can do for the disciple. It can deliver them from the cycle of birth and death. This is real responsibility. If a spiritual master is unable to liberate the disciple from the struggle for existence, he should be rejected and a true spiritual master should be sought out. Similarly, if a father does not instruct the children of how to understand their temporary nature of life in the material world, how to be detached from material possessions and affections, how to reach to the highest platform and develop the human qualities and make a perfection of their life by stopping the cycle of birth and death, he should not have children. Similarly, the, the husband that does not liberate the wife the wife renders service to the husband, is a faithful and chaste companion, is looking out for the interests of the, of the husband, then the husband must see to it that the wife is liberated from the cycle of birth and death, the karmetic reaction of any acts. That is what his responsibility is. That is what he is to deliver. This is reciprocation. This is responsibility. So we see that the Vedic literature expects the leaders, the dominant member, uh, those in positions of authority or responsibility to deliver their dependence from the cycle of birth and death. That is real responsibility. And as we said, these other aspects of truthfulness and mercifulness, etc., those are preliminaries, prerequisites to lift yourself out of the contaminated consciousness of this material world, to come to the platform of being aware enough to recognize there is an eternal platform and there is an eternal goal and duty way above this earning of fruitive results. So, <clears throat> the relationship is supposed to be that everyone is trying to return back to home, back to Godhead, to develop loving service in relationship to the Supreme Lord and His purified disciples, purified devotees. But that is where true happiness is found. And this responsibility is that you learn the methods of devotional service in this very life. 
You learn how to be selfless, not selfish. You learn that we are all rendering service. That's the real conception of our activities. The materialistic conception and the demonic conception that's being propagated by our medias and news and etc., etc., and the examples set by everyone on the television is selfishness. And selfishness does not yield any type of liberation. It yields bondage. One becomes uh, attached, compassionate, uh, no, sorry, passionately attached to the results of their action. I'm not going to do it. What's in it for me? I'm not going to do this. I get something, something great. I'm important, you know. Demanding return, demanding uh, acknowledgement, selfishness. This is what's being propagated in the society, and it's ruining harmony. There isn't any compassion and mercy and harmony among the people. So this verse is teaching you that there's something better. It's selfless. It's the beginning. And it's service. Service to the great purified devotees of the Lord and service directly to the Lord. And we do that service by engaging whatever propensities, abilities, resources, objects, whatever it may be, in the service of the Lord. Because everything is created by the Lord. We don't create this place. We don't even create our bodies. We just come and take residence and make false claims. So when one gets outside of this false conception of life, he realizes the reality is everything here belongs to the Lord and should be used for the Lord's satisfaction as the true proprietor. And if I do it willingly and lovingly and take care of the Lord's plan, the Lord takes care of me. And this is the situation. I've spoken on another program about the concept that if you stop worrying about yourself and work to help others, and everybody develops that attitude, you end up somebody else's others, and you're taken care of. So we indirectly get everything we need by giving. And it takes a, a start. It takes an example. Everyone's heart is affected. Everyone's heart is touched by selfless sign of compassion or mercy upon another. You all feel it, everyone. So we can feel that. We can live in that joyous state of selflessness. And as we do that, it becomes the positive cycle of upliftment to the highest consciousness of human life. And that extends further to rendering loving service to the Lord, simply seeing to His plan, His desires, His needs, wishes. And the Lord sees to yours. He has the capacity to see to everyone. He is taking care of everyone. Everyone's subsistence is taken care of. But the desires, that's another thing. You may or you may not get them. He may or he may not award you what you want. Generally, he will award, but in time, not immediately. It's not a demand response thing. God is not like that. It's the other way around. He's asking you, serve me. He is an absolute great personality. You are one of the millions and billions of living entities. So if you render some service, ah, you stand out. And anytime one stands out as a devotee of the Lord, the Lord immediately takes charge and helps that person. So we can establish a very positive cycle if we take responsibility. 
if we become selfless, if we accept the fact that service is our natural condition, and if we develop a taste, an affinity for that feeling of selfless benevolence, mercifulness, it warms everyone's heart. It brings everybody. You're all affected by a, a selfless show of compassion upon someone in need. So you can live your life in that stimulated, wonderful, warm feeling of appreciation of selfless, compassionate, merciful action and be engaged in it yourself and get free from the contamination of the cycle of birth and death. This is meeting your responsibility. So everyone has to take up the proper perspective. But it's not being taught. So you have to seek out who knows the right perspectives. The right perspectives are in the Vedic literature. The spiritual master is Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada is giving a clear understanding of the right perspective is giving you purport and further insight into all of these verses in the, in the Vedic literature for you to become elevated. Not only elevated by knowledge, but by action, by perspective. To see in proper perspective and to act in proper perspective yields a result way beyond the struggle for existence. And the intelligent person comes to that realization of his own. He recognizes he needs guidance, he needs support, he's on the higher path. It's not about me, selfish me. So we learn that you can perform actions that are for the satisfaction of the Lord and they're immediately called sacrifice because you're sacrificing your own expectation of return, result. You're serving simply to cause satisfaction in the mind and the heart of the Lord. So this removes one from the most dangerous types of existence, the most dangerous type of fear. And what is the most dangerous experience? Having to take birth and grow and start again and struggle through the cycle of birth, death, old age and disease again and again and again until one understands it's not about me. Selfishness does not solve the problem. And you begin to avoid people who are selfish. And you gravitate toward people who are selfless. And your good qualities develop and they reflect on others and their good qualities develop and the service mentality raises to the surface. Just like gold when it's heated, it has a, a scum of imperfection that's lift off and there's the pure gold. This proper conception and reading the Vedic literature and purifying the heart by the instructions of the spiritual master and the sound vibration of the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra purifies the gold present in your heart. And all of these dirty things that go away reveals the pure, happy, benevolent, compassionate, merciful, intelligent nature that is really a living entity. Because remember, a living entity is a part and parcel of God. 
That's why we're eternal living entities, because God is an eternal living entity. He is unlimited and we are very minute. But the qualities are the same. So if we get rid of the contamination and the bad association and the false conceptions, there's the pure gold, a pure heart, selflessly rendering service for the benefit of others, not oneself. This is what Vedic literature is uh, guiding you through, this transition and development through this uh, maturity into spiritual life. Spiritual life is not reading different books and still being the same person. Spiritual life is not meditation to control the breathing and to stop your senses from running around. These things are all preliminaries to be ready for actual devotional service. Bhakti yoga. Devotional service. Selfless devotional service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead without expectation of return. And it becomes unending, uninterrupted, and joyful. Because you're in that consciousness of selfless, benevolent, mercifulness all the time. And your heart is uplifted by the good you do and the greatness that it causes. One good thing deserves another and another and another and it grows. Wonderfully it grows. So this verse is trying to teach you. Don't become a senseless parent that allows the children to do anything or dictate to the parents. Don't allow everyone to put enjoyment ahead of their spiritual awakening. Don't allow selfishness to become the standard because there's so much of it around, it must be right. These concepts mean uh, lack of determination. You must focus on the facts of your own life. How you got here, why you're here, what are you doing, what is the quality of your work, what is your attention on, how selfish are you, are you truthful, are you a liar, what is going on with oneself? But we have a society that is absolutely addicted to fault-finding in others. There are people listening right here, right now, who are expert at finding fault in anything or anyone. And they spend their day, their life, their year, their life pointing it out to other people. And they can't understand when they meet somebody that goes, I don't care. Your fault-finding has never fixed anything. Your fault-finding has never encouraged anyone. Your fault-finding has never purified anything. You're simply entangled in a mental misconception of reality and you're trying to share it with others. Misery loves company. The Vedic literature of these verses I'm giving you today, this perspective we're talking about here, is when you actually meet your true responsibilities and get above this stuff and take control of your dependence and give them liberation from the cycle of birth and death. Give them guidance, knowledge, encouragement, support, love. Freedom from attachment to things, to family, family. I hear that all the time. Uh, family is most important. It is not. This is an undeveloped perspective of life. And this is what we have propagated in the media. Family is most important. It is not. If family was the most important, then you'd have to come to the proper realization of identifying what does the word family mean. 
You think it means those who are born of the same mother and father or same lineage. But really, family means all of the living entities who are sons and parts and parcels of the Lord. We are all one family. If you haven't seen that, you're not mature. If you don't realize that, there's no realization in you. This is such a basic concept. It is so obvious. But we're being taught differences. See the differences. Talk about the differences. Find the fault. Criticize others. Make a plan that's for you, yourself only. You can do anything. All of this independent, selfish nonsense is ruining our lives. It's ruining our society. We have people all over this planet fighting and killing as though it's their right to steal from you and kill you and destroy your future. It's happening all over this planet. We see it constantly on the television in uh, theatrics. They create circumstances where they profess the only way out is to kill everybody. Over and 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 over. And over. They don't even know how to live a compassionate life, accepting that we are all a family and we need to learn how to function effectively together for the mutual upliftment of humanity. The return to our understanding we are servants by nature, by construction. We're rendering service all the time. It's just a matter of what are you serving or who are you serving. So the Vedic literature is a very important structure to help you get out of this misconception of material life and reawaken your compassionate side. Get the scum off the top of the pure gold and let that gold shine and radiate from you. We are all pure spiritual living beings in temporary contaminated material bodies and they cause us to think illusory. They cause us to see a misconception of who and what we really are. But when we push that false covering off, we see we are all one family of pure gold who are naturally servants and they are enlightened and enlivened and spirited by selflessness. That's what makes us great. Our humbleness, our selflessness, our honesty. It fills you with a joy, with a love, with a realization, a point of view, and a duty that you can't find in any of this materialistic I, me, mind conception of life. That is simply a hollow mistake. So we encourage you. We ask you. Read the Vedic literature, Bhagavad Gita as it is. Everything is there. A, B, C to, oh my gosh, X, Y, Z. And learn how to awaken your original devotional consciousness. How to understand things in proper perspective. How to reap the knowledge and benefit of a totally realized soul, our spiritual master, Srila Prabhupada. He's everyone's spiritual master. He is so far above everyone else. That's what, that's what Prabhupada means. The person who at his feet all other masters sit. Surrender, serve, and listen. There's a space there for you. Surrender, serve, and listen, and let the spiritual master enlighten you and clarify your understanding of the Vedic literature so you can see who you really are, what is your actual duty, how to live at the top of your game, at the pure gold, uncontaminated level.
the real self exhibited into the world for the benefit of you, me, and everybody else becoming the great persons we actually are underneath these contaminated bodies. Take the opportunity, please, read Bhagavad Gita as it is, by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.